Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Holtzcast. Cole Petham here as always, and we're here to discuss a draw for Villa. Of course, it was two all at Villa Park against the Baggies. I mean, I don't really know where to go with this game. It was kind of all over the place. Uh, Some people might be happier than others, and that's more than fair enough. But of course, it's not just me here today. As always, we have Danny Raza and Simon O'Regan. So Simon, I'll come to you first. How's it going? Yeah, not too bad. Just uh, still trying to work out what I think of that game. But I suppose... You just can't help but be absolutely delighted for Keenan Davis finally getting off the mark. So uh, well done, big Keenan. Up the Davis. I think he's uh, the uh, the the player of the season, I think, already. I, I think he's well-deserved of that title. So we might as well just cast him as that already. He's Jack Grealish 2.0, but as a striker, that's what I'll say. But anyways, Danny, how's it going? Yeah, I'm good, man. This actually felt like a win. I'm not going to lie. Definitely felt like a win. Just, I know it's not, I know it's not points on the board. I mean, it's a it's a point, but like I'm not really concerned about points right now. I'm just I'm sick of having the life sucked out of me. Like basically at the end of every match, kind of Villa throwing it away late on and all that kind of thing. It's nice for the shoe to be on the other foot for once, and and for us to to get the late winner and for it to be Keenan Davis to get that winner. Yeah, I'm I'm happy. And also Wesley Wesley on for a couple of minutes. Can't complain. Yeah. So Davis got that winner, eh? He got that winner, and look, he was, yeah. he was, he was, he was, oh my God. In my head, in my head, it's a win, I'm telling you. In my head, it's a win. Oh. But um, it's good for, it's good for Davis to come on and get that late equalizer. You happy? I, I don't think, I don't think I've seen Danny in this good a mood since, like, we survived relegation last season, honestly. Um, of course, he's just eaten, so I'm, I'm sure he's in a good mood because of that. I just eaten as well, but I ate way too much food, so I might be like half dying here in 20 minutes, anyways. But I mean, yeah, it does kind of feel like a win just because it's Keenan Davis that scored. He's kind of like the gift that keeps on giving in some sense. He could do nothing wrong in my eyes. I mean, he could probably score an own goal, and I'd still feel pretty good about him. I don't know why, but it's just big Keenan. But anyways, let's get on to the game, shall we? Of course, like I said, it finished two all at Villa Park. Um, guys, Simon, I'll come to you first. I mean, there's, there's two penalties to discuss here. Of course, we might as well kind of group them in together. Of course, Ross Barkley was brought down in the box for the first one. Um, and then I think it was, uh, Ainsley Maitland, not Maitland Niles for West Brom. That was apparently brought down by Esri Konza for the second one. So Simon, I'll, I'll put it back over to you. Break down these two. What were your thoughts on it? Um, I thought they were both pretty soft. I, I, I definitely, I did think ours was a penalty. And I mean, obviously being a Villa fan, I'm, I'm going to think that. Their one, I, I don't know. I, I think had he not given, had we not had our one, I'm not sure if that one would have um, not been overturned in the end. Because, I mean, is there really that much contact? I, I don't know. I just thought. 
I'll, I'll, if I was a defender playing in that and I had a penalty given against me for that, I'd, I'd be furious. And you can see Konza wasn't happy about it. I, I don't know. I think once you're given one, you probably have to give the other. But I thought they were, I thought they were pretty lucky to get that one. Do you think that's the issue, though, in the sense that, and I was kind of watching the post match. I think that Andy Townsend kind of breaking it down with Tim Sherwood. What a, what a combo that is but anyways um, anything Tim Sherwood Villa related I always just find funny now but anyways I mean to me it's kind of weird because I almost feel like referees now are just giving penalties because something say happened two weeks ago well I gave that one so I have to give this one that kind of mentality do you think Simon that we're kind of going down a kind of dark hole with that whole kind of perspective especially with referees yeah well I just think that this season there's been loads of penalties given that you sort of look and you think a few years ago, there's no way that it would have been given. The players just, the slightest touch now, they'll fly down to the ground, especially with VAR, because even if it's not given, there's a more than good chance that like uh, the VAR would tell the ref to go have another look at it and and they'll end up giving it. So, yeah, I just, I, it's, it's annoying that you see some of the penalties that are given, they're just so soft. But then I think that's, probably a consequence of refs not given penalties when players stay on their feet or try to stand their feet after being fouled and if because they don't get given then what you get is what's happened sort of tonight that the slightest bit of contact the player is just going to go to the ground because you know there's every chance that you're going to end up with a penalty out of it whether it should be given or not yeah, and I think the one thing that bugs me the most is when you'll hear some commentary teams kind of say, oh, well, that was smart of them to go down. It's just like, is this what it's really coming to? But, Danny, I'll bring this over to you. What were your thoughts on both penalties? Uh, do you think either of them weren't? Um, I'm not – I don't want to want it to come across like there's bias here, but I think Ross's was definitely more definite than the other one. <sighs> that being said – Letter of the law, both of those are penalties. Like, so I mean, the first one obviously with Ross Barkley, yeah, he's looking for it, but at the end of the day, the offender does catch him. Um, if Ross Barkley gets that shot away, you know, he's testing the keeper more, you know, more likely than not. Um, in terms of the other one, uh, obviously, was it Ainsley Maitland Niles getting fouled, obviously, by, by, by Conza? Yeah, look, I mean, it's, I feel bad for Conza, he's not done an awful lot wrong, he's tried to get around him. Uh, but 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 the moment his foot catches Ainsley Maitland-Niles' foot, it's going to be a penalty because Konza doesn't win that ball. So whilst whilst I don't whilst I'm not happy that that is a penalty, like yeah, that's the letter of the law, and 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 whether you like it or not, that is given these days. That is given, and that is a penalty. It's it's a shame because like the thing is if I was coaching and I'm not good enough to coach I'd never coach, right? But like I'd I'd almost feel like I'd be telling my forwards to do the same thing. If somebody touches you, man, go to ground unless there's a clear shooting opportunity for you. Yeah, it, see, they pointed out something too, kind of post match, and I think it was the one where uh, Traore was trying to cross it in the into. Well, I don't know what he was trying to cross it or just have a hit, and he hit the post, and they kind of played it back, and he gets his foot um, trampled on pretty harshly, to be honest. And I think Andy Townsend made actually a pretty good point in the sense that, well, you're, if you're going to give that for the other two, why aren't you giving it for that too? 
And I, I guess what the referee that now they have every ex referee in existence on hand to try to kind of make sense of it is, well, you know, he was playing for the ball. Uh, that defender was trying to block it. Well, it doesn't matter if he's trying to block it. Like that's, that's not what a, a, a like what you don't give as a foul. It, like if you break someone's leg in a tackle, well, I try to get the ball. It, it's the same excuse. It just, it doesn't really jive for me, but anyways, let's, let's not make this all about refereeing decisions because you know what? Both teams definitely probably more West Brom now thinking about it are probably more miserable about this result than us, of course, because, at this point, it's just kind of a lull until the end of the season. We sit on 45 points. And Simon, do you think it's just at this point, especially for fans, it's we're just kind of sleepwalking into the end of the season, aren't we really? It, yeah, it feels a little bit like that. Although, to be fair today, I thought when I, I thought in the first half, I actually thought we started reasonably well up until they equalized. But after the equalizer, we were sort of off it. And then the second half, to be fair, most of it was played in the West Brom half. Like I, I thought we had more of a go and a bit more about us going forwards than we have done in recent weeks. I don't think it was anything special, but you know we had seventy percent of the ball. I think so. I don't, I don't know if I'd say that today's performance is one of sort of players just coasting through. Um, but I think that is probably the worry going into the last few games, especially if you look at some of the opponents we've got. Um, yeah, um, I don't think it's going to be a great end to the season, but I think that's that's what you get sometimes with mid-table teams when you know they're safe and they're not going to challenge for a European spot. So those sort of last few games, it's probably not an awful lot to play for. So, yeah, I think, I think it could be a, not a fun watch for the, the last few games. That yeah. depends how you frame it, though, man. That depends how you frame it, because it's more than possible that if they got their act together, they could charge on Europe. But are we still beating that yeah. drum? <laughs> no, 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 no. But but my, my but my point is, my point is, if you look at the table, you talk about there not being anything to play for. Yes, there is. There's plenty to play for. It just it just insane, depends how much they yeah. want it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. In theory, obviously, there is still a chance, but. I think, realistically speaking, I you know I, I can't see it because you're relying on a, a number of teams above you to to drop a lot of points between now and the end of the season. I mean, that's the thing though. We've been one of those teams that has dropped a lot of points. You know, if we'd uh, yeah, if, if, if we if we'd won the games we're supposed to win, drawn the games we're supposed to draw, we might still be up there. Look, 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 Leeds United have turned it on us. Like it's- I know. I know this. I know this is turning into a wider discussion almost, but this whole thing about there being nothing to play for and us being safe from relegation—it's all about how you frame it. If they really wanted to push on to get a Europa League place, you know, they could. They could. They could. But yeah, I mean, I don't think it's on the agenda. If we ever see Jack Grealish again, to be honest, I, I think he's supposed to have a scan this week or something. Apparently, so. I don't know. Like at this point and it, like we're kind of going all over the place, but you know what? I, I feel like with these podcasts, especially with how the season's been going on the second half, it's, it gets kind of boring to say the same thing over and over again of, Oh, we'll get it right. The next game or, you know, what? there's still positives at some point you kind of have to look at it in certain aspects and kind of put a different spin to it. And the one thing I do want to bring up before anything, it's so good to see Wesley back on the pitch. I, I honestly, I don't even care if we talk about, the, the 
other two goals. I think that's the best thing that I've seen today. The fact that that man's been out for over a year and to get through that mentally and physically and to have even a setback as well with his recovery and his physio and to see him back there and to get a header on target, to be fair, I, I, I had my hands in my mouth just dreaming that would find its way past Sam Johnston, but agent Johnston wasn't going to give us all three points, unfortunately. So it is what it is there, but Danny, I guess with that being said, what's kind of the bigger positive that you would take from this game? We'll, we'll get to the own goal here in a second. Like I said, it's, we're not going to go in any necessary order, but what's the more positive one for you, Keenan Davis scoring or seeing Wesley on the pitch? <laughs> I like both. Man, man crush versus new man. No, crush? no. Look, it's great to see Davis. I'm sorry, it's great to see Wesley back, but I think it's more important for us that Davis is on and scored and scored a goal. Personally, I think. You know, if you want to take any positives out of the last few weeks and the bad results that Vedder have been getting, it's that Dean Smith's almost, his hand's been forced almost into letting Ramsey onto the pitch and letting Davis onto, the, letting Davis on for the last few games, you know. And look, with, with, with the whole Davis thing is, when we were winning games, he should have been allowed onto the pitch. When we were playing, freedom, playing with freedom, Davis should have been getting on. And then he would have maybe found it a little bit easier to score goals. But what I've seen from him over the last few games is he's, he's come on and, you know, he's had the impetus. He's been trying to pull Villa back and, um, yeah, great for him to get that goal. In terms of Wesley, look, I've been watching a few of the under-23 games. If I'm being quite honest, Wesley's not there just yet. Part of that is that Wes- we all know that Wesley needs service. We know that we're very familiar with that issue. Um, and perhaps in the Premier League with some of our better players on the pitch, he'll um, he'll get that. Uh, and, and it's great to see him back. And I want to see him get a few more minutes towards the end of the season. But if you're if you're asking me, the guy that needs more minutes between now until the end of the season is Keenan Davis. As much as we love Wesley, like, you know, that guy is really important to us. And I think it's going to be very important to us to towards the end of the season whilst Wesley's coming back. Well, yeah, especially because in the sense that, well, you're going to have Wesley back. Obviously, we'll have Ollie Watkins. We don't know what's going to go on in the summer. Maybe someone else comes in that can potentially put him in fourth in the pecking order. And realistically, does he want to be sitting around at the age he's at having more opportunities out there? I can't see it. And at that point, really, what do you expect from him sitting on the bench and then maybe making say two cameos next season? It's, it doesn't do anything for his development. And how old is he now? 24? Who Davis? Yeah. 22. 22. I don't know why. I feel like he's older than he actually is for some reason. I just feel like he's been around for 10 years. He's one of those players, but anyway, 23, he's 23, 23. Yeah. Okay. So you know what we got, we got the middle ground at least close enough, but it's cause it's cause he was forced into basically carrying us up front in the championship at one point, And he was very, very young when that happened. But since then, every, since then, every single season, I don't, I think Dean Smith's probably looked at him and gone, he's not the guy. I think there was a stat out there that says the last time he scored for Villa, Sam Johnston was our goalie. I'm, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I, I don't the, know if league, that's correct, though. In, in the, the league. league, I think in league play, yeah, not in cup play. I should specify. I could be wrong. I just don't remember him scoring in the promotion season, but I could be so wrong. Uh, but anyways, let's get to the one negative here. Um, <laughs> the Kanza slip, the, I guess, a Ming's own goal. It's not really his fault. He's trying to actually save the day. Um, Simon, I'll come to you. <laughs> what do you make of this? To be honest, I was 
throwing my my dinner in the oven and all I could hear from the other room on the TV was, oh, no. So <laughs> break it down for me. Uh, it was just, I suppose his cons are showing us that he's human after all, isn't he? And they can make a mistake. I mean, you can't sort of dress it up, uh, you know, as anything than what it was. It, it was it was an error. You know, he's, he's taking it down, which isn't, that in itself isn't necessarily the worst thing because he's sort of shown all season that he's, that he's capable of doing that. But, you know, the lad just slips, doesn't he? And once that happens, uh, you sort of, you're, you're bang in trouble there. And they, um, I saw after the game that Jordan Lescott was criticising Ming, saying he should have got across quicker. But, I mean, you can maybe make that argument, but I think you've been hypercritical there. He's, he's not expecting Ponza to slip there, is he? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't, what, what can you say? <laughs> the lad made the mistake. He's been excellent all season. So just move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of Richard Julian Lescott to say he should have got there quicker. Oh, gotcha. I don't think he ever got to a ball quicker at Villa in his whole time there. Maybe quicker to get to his new car that he actually apparently <laughs> tweeted out. But that, that, man, that's all in the past. A car joke, man. I was, I was gonna, I was gonna make a car joke. Oh, we'll go on, Danny. <laughs> let's, let's. I, I can. No, try no, to... no, no. It's no, it's over. Okay. No, okay. no, it's over. Fair enough, fair enough. Well, Daniel, I'll, I'll come back to you, of course. Let's do some uh, sub chat because you always love to talk about substitutes and when they should be made and all that kind of stuff. What were your thoughts on the timing of the substitutions? And uh, yeah, I just want to hear your thoughts. Maybe I, I want to see if you can put a positive spin on this more than anything. I'm not going to put a positive spin on it, man. We're 2-1 down to, to West Brom. And as much as we're creating, they're just dealing with it. West Brom are just dealing with it. I think we... I think. Um, we had a one-on-one. Ollie Watkins threw on goal. Didn't score. Um, I think we had numerous balls into the box, which floaty. You know, no one really getting to it. You know, West Brom's always got, you know, about three or four men uh, ahead of us. And I'm just thinking to myself, like, why, why are we leaving it this late again? Why are we leaving it this late? 77th minute comes around. Okay, Jacob Ramsey comes on. It's great to have his energy on the pitch, but we've got two big men on the bench right there. And we have defaulted at this point to our cross into the box play. Look, Ollie Watkins is a good header of the ball. He's a good header of the ball when we play um, a fast build-up and we have a winger who can whip it in um, and, and we do it immediately. Once once the defenders have had time to get back, you know, it's a little bit more difficult for Watkins to find his position in the box. Uh, and, you know, it's just hard for him to navigate. When you've got a couple of big guys in the box with him, then, you know, the opportunities open up a little bit more. And we saw that when Davis came on, almost immediately, Davis, um, he, I think he turned a defender, that hold-up play that nobody else on the pitch has, really. He turns the defender straight to the goalkeeper, right? And they got another point, he hits the post, but the ball's finding him. And that's 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 my point. You know, at times it feels like it's just missing everybody with the set pieces. And uh, yeah, I just think we needed a, a, a different flavor by that point, to be honest. And good for him to come on and, and uh, basically prove my point, man. But uh, yeah, look, I think to be fair to Dean Smith, and I've got a you know, make a justification for this. He's looking at his bench and apart from Davis and Wesley, Wesley has been out for eight, 
I don't know how long, 13, 14 months. Um, it's just youngsters on there, man. A lot of youngsters on the bench. Well, what are they supposed to do? And I think he's thinking to himself, any one of these players that I take off is a potential goal that's coming off. True. But, you just made me realize that uh, Keenan Davis could have got a hat trick today, technically. I feel very sad now. But this is the thing. <laughs> the chance creation and and the players basically grabbing the opportunity for themselves, it, it seems to whimper away at some point. Like Watkins is great when when um, I don't know when you're on a counter attack, like I said, right? And you can turn the defender, brilliant, yeah. Or he gets ahead of the defender, gets him behind. But when a team is stuffed back like that, you need something else. True. Has Wesley ever scored a header for us, by the way? Because I can't. Rem- aside from today, I can never like remember him actually heading a ball in his existence with Villa. To be honest, he's not a great header of the ball, is he? No, but he looks he's like there. he should be. To be honest. I don't know. It's it's just good to have him back. But guys, let's go over to the uh, three word reviews on Twitter. Of course, we always ask for you to tweet us post match at seventy five hundred. A whole is the Twitter handle, um, so we get your three word summaries on there and read them out. Like I basically just repeated myself twice. But anyways, hopefully that made sense. Uh, I think there was over uh, fifty responses, so always greatly appreciated and i'll just read out uh, around five or so right now we'll start with uh steve white saying bye bye baggies that's a constant theme in these by the way so i'll try to change them up uh tom jones says play ramsey more uh richard uh goff sorry if i butchered your name needs some signings uh tony whiting said midfield is wasteful um gary hallett again says bye bye baggies um there's a lot of baggies talking here and people are very excited basically about that uh mr p says let's buy Pereira, um and we'll finish off on hopefully what i'm thinking the title for this podcast will be griff saying the biggles wade berbatov um i think that's the best way to kind of summarize this whole three word summaries because yeah why not keenan davis keenan davis the biggles were wade Berbatov from Steven and even I don't know if that makes sense, but anyways, hopefully everyone catches that. Can I just ask as well, you know, just on on all of those, where's the Barkley slander? To be honest, I've went through all of them, and the only one I found, I won't put his name out there because I don't want him to get abused because I know a lot of people can't stand Ross Barkley. (laughs) Um, One person said maybe Barkley stays. Um, I can't find it now. Maybe it was deleted. To be honest, but it was there. He did have a good game, to be fair. And I mean, I, I think that's the other thing that's important, and maybe we'll discuss that right now. It, it It's important to give people credit when they have done well, when you're also so harsh on them for everything else. I mm-hmm. mean, he did everything he really could today, to be honest. I mean, maybe there was one or two instances where, yeah, he could have passed the ball a little bit better. Um, there's one outside the box centrally where he kind of got in Watkins' way, but you can tell that when he's in certain areas, he wants the ball and – Obviously, sometimes you don't get it, but all in all, I thought he had a decent game. But Simon, how'd you feel? Yeah, I thought he was. Um, I was surprised that he started, but he. Uh, yeah, I thought he, he did all right. To be fair, um, sort of when looking at Twitter during the game, he was still getting you know, quite a bit of abuse, and kind of thought this is a bit unfair, really. Like, are you just picking on him because he's been the easy target for the last few weeks? But. Yeah, like yourself, I thought he, he was certainly getting involved in the game today, which he hasn't been doing of late. So, um, yeah, look, a couple of occasions and maybe he didn't pick the right ball, but you know he, he won the penalty. <laughs> that, that put us one nil up and 
as I say, I thought he there was a few nice touches as well. Um, well, there's a few moments where him, El Ghazi, Watkins were sort of combining reasonably well. So, yeah, I, I thought he did all right, but I mean, it's you know, not enough. That's going to make Smith uh, make it a permanent signing, I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I don't think that performance is going to make anyone pay $40 million. <laughs> I think that window has long gone. But I will say one thing, Danny. Um, mm-hmm. I'll let you talk about Barkley if you want to, but I want to add in there uh Matthias Pereira I mean I, yeah. I would take him next season wouldn't you <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say there's only one player on the pitch there that you look at and go I'd pay 40 million other than Emmy Martinez Matthias Pereira he had a good game but I'm always really careful to kind of heavily heavily praise players of um players from teams that are kind of so low down the table it happens a lot when um when a player has a really good season and then kind of you know, they get relegated, you think it's easy pickings and then they don't go on to do so well the next season. But to be fair to him, he's been pretty consistent and he was really good in the championship as well. He is one of those players that that came back up and what well, that came up and has maintained a good tally, you know, nine goals and five assists so far this season. Um, and he always does seem to be the guy that stands out for West Brom, to be fair to him. Um, I did like his set piece. You know, that's one, that's one thing, by the way, the, the free kick, you know, probably... The kind of skill we might want on the on on the pitch, but um, yeah, I'd take him. I'd take him. I think I think we need somebody else who can play, you know, on the right and on the left, and that's something that Matas Pereira can can do, isn't it? So um, if it's between him and Buendia, I reckon I'd go Pereira over him. Well, there's no way we're getting Buendia now that they got promoted, so I think that's long gone. But. Uh... Now, it, it, honestly, I don't remember, I don't even know if I've ever experienced this, but the fact that we're comfortable, we're not going down, and the fact that we could talk about other players or other clubs' players that we'd like to cherry pick, it's so nice. No, but you know, you've got to remember, it's a different time now. It's a different time now. Because even if you get relegated, if that player's on a four year contract, I don't know what, I don't know how many years Pereira has on his contract, but if you get relegated, even if, if a year's on that, if a player's on that kind of a contract, you can't let him go for 10, 12, 15 20 million anymore you have you, you you get to turn around and go give me 40 50 million because we're at a point where villa yeah a newly promoted side paid 24 million or something it was for wesley and we were paying that kind of money as well for um for players and that when we were in the championship <laughs> look what we played so we've McCormack. contributed to this <laughs> like... <laughs> i think we've ruined it to be honest i think we've ruined like just finding absolute bargains, getting the picking the best players off of other championship sides for cheap. I, I think that has a lot of play to. Uh, pardon? Not for cheap anymore. No, no, not anymore. I mean, oh, yeah. if you're going to pay that much for Ross McCormack, I think you basically just screwed up the whole market in itself. So the reason why, say, Neymar and other players are going for so much, it's because we bought, bought Ross McCormack and other players, even though I can't remember if that was before or after. Anyways, um, I probably sound stupid there if that was not the correct timeline but anyway football's in a weird place where like basically erling Haaland's being well you know in the, in the whole super league chat yeah. erling Haaland's name kept kept being brought up and you get you get you get chairman talking about how because there's no super league they won't be able to buy on bappe and Haaland. well apparently <laughs> uh holland i think it was i don't know if they were playing who does stuart dallas represent is it northern ireland yeah, he does. Yeah, it's, okay. yeah not Northern Ireland, yeah. Okay, so I think they must have had, I don't know if it was for European qualifiers or World Cup qualifiers, whatever it was for, they played Norway, obviously, 
and apparently Holland went over to Stuart Dallas after and whispered in his ear something about uh, Leeds marching on because obviously Holland's dad played for Leeds, so he's yeah, like yeah. a Leeds fan. And then Dolphin instantly good. after that, you see, oh, Leeds United linked with Holland. I'm thinking, my ass, is that ever going to happen? <laughs> Show me the money. <laughs> imagine, imagine, honestly, imagine if that happened, though. It Not cost, a chance. <laughs> there thereabouts, 200 million euros. If they're getting point. if they're getting early in Holland, we're getting Ronaldo and Messi. Like that, that is, <laughs> that's the equivalent, to be honest. Nah, you, don't, uh, you don't you don't you don't you don't buy them at this at this stage of their careers, do you? I would take them at this stage. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't say no. <laughs> I would not say no. Messi still dances through teams like it's like just after he's just woken up for a nap, basically. So well, yeah. I mean, Zlatan's just t- just signed a contract to let him keep on going until he's forty at AC Milan. So, oh, dude, that guy's gonna go until he's like forty-five. But anyways, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about, um, guys. Let's get our uh, man of the matches out of the way, and then we'll get on to uh, the Who Am I Villa version, of course. Um, so, Simon, who is your man of the match? Hmm, it's a tough one, really, because. For the sort of possession that we had in the second half, I, I don't think anyone really stood out. Um, I don't know. Go to, go to Danny. Let, let me have a think about that. <laughs> I'm struggling there. Fair enough. I, yeah. I, think, I do think there was a number of players that, that played really well today. I think Matty Target had a very good game. I think Al Mohamed, he actually had a very good game, particularly kind of going forward. Both of those two made themselves available and, and, and whipped in quite a few balls. And I thought that was quite important. I think also Douglas Louise kept things ticking. Um, Martinez made a couple of decent saves. Um, but for me, I think you have to go with Keenan Davis because uh, we weren't getting that equalizer until he came on. I know you guys are laughing, but it, 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 he did change the entire game. Just like he changed the game when we brought him on against Fulham. He changed the game. Suddenly Villa had a focal point. Some Suddenly Villa had a bully on the pitch. This is how I described him before. He was a bully, right? Edwards gets that... No, it wasn't Edwards, sorry. Bartley gets that ball to his chest. Keenan Davis is like, nope, you took too much time with it. I'm overpowering you. I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> whacking this ball into the net. Like, do you know what, what we've got at the moment on the pitch almost for Villa? We've got a lot of really good technically skilled players and who like pretty passes and stuff when we've got time. But unfortunately, that doesn't always penetrate and that doesn't always do the job, so to speak. And for us to have somebody like that on the pitch who's just going to be a workhorse and press and press and not give the opposition any time, Keenan Davis did absolutely everything that uh, you could have asked of him. And he even got that goal that a lot of Villa fans, let's be honest, did not think he had in him. So for him to prove a lot of people wrong, you know, call out the haters and get that goal, Keenan Davis has to be man of the match. I feel guilty now because when he hit the post, I did say he's never going to score because ju- it just felt like one of those moments. And Simon agreed with me, so I'm throwing him in the bus. Yeah, with me at I, least, so. I, I did. I, I thought it's never happening for this poor lad. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you know what? If Jack Grealish is going to be in a, a Call of Duty uh, advertisement, a promo, uh, Keenan Davis will be there next year. He's not going to be volleying it. He's going to be heading that into the back of the net. That's that's my that's my or he's going to be heading a grenade. Sorry, into somebody I should say. But anyway, Simon, who is your man of the match? Um, I, I don't think Davis just wasn't on the pitch long enough for me to say that I could give it to him. If that volley from Elmo had gone in, <laughs> he would definitely be walking away with that. So um, 
Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go Matt Target, actually. I'll, I'll agree with my dad. I was, I was sort of thinking of him. I, I thought he had another really good game, but he's just... Target's just been excellent this season, really. He, I mean, every single week, he's just consistent, isn't he? Put some good balls in as well, so yeah, I'll go Target. I think we're seeing the player that um, we saw at... And I think, obviously, a more mature version, a better version, almost. But we're seeing, you know, that um, that exciting young left-back that we saw at Southampton? Like he's yeah. starting to he's starting to get that you know get up there again in terms of his potential. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's like he was on loan at Fulham the year uh, they beat us in the uh, player final, wasn't he? he? I think they got him in the January and he was excellent. So um, I'm really pleased with him actually. Yeah, because he's had a great season. So fair play. Yeah, I think I'm going to change it up. I'm going to go special. Well, I think everyone's special mention would have to go to Wesley um, just to see him back. But I'm actually going to go with uh, with Big Emmy in that. I think there's a few instances where he did save the day. Um, almost another own goal, and somehow he got that over the bar. Fair enough. Made a really good save. I can't remember who took that uh, good effort from outside the box for West Brom, but that was a very, very good save. Um, I mean, just time and time again, he just does the little things right, and he comes up big when you need him most. So I'm going to go with Emmy. I mean, you could go with Keenan as well. So Should have saved fair that enough. Though. Yeah, I mean... Yeah, oh, it was close, to be fair. He did go the right way. I'm joking, man. I'm joking. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you know you know what, Danny? Keenan Davis did score the winner, so <laughs> that's that's a funny one at you. So anyways, guys, we'll take a quick break, and then we'll be back for the uh, Who Am I game. And we're back, and we'll finish this off with the Villa version of Who Am I. Of course, uh, we didn't have it last week. We're bringing it back this week. Um, and then I guess next week it'll be Simon's turn or would it be Danny? I can't remember who goes next. Is it Simon or Danny that goes next? I think think it's me next. Yeah, yeah I think Simon so. next. Yeah, so this is where next week I will give Danny a round basically by helping him guess as I did last time. If you want to go back and listen to that, feel free. Um, I have three options just in case the first two are absolutely pitiful. So I thought, you know what, better kind of give myself a plan C on this one. But of course, we'll start with the first one. Of course, the uh, it, it's pretty simple rules. Of course, I will just... I don't know how many times I can say of course, but anyways. Um, basically, I will just give short hints here and there. Both Danny and Simon will have one guess each per round, uh, per question kind of thing that I put up. And I will basically say, I am. So I'm speaking as that person. Once again, I don't take on that person's personality. I had someone kind of ask me a weird question about that one. So I feel like I have to say that now. But anyways, let's start with... Option A, I was born in Downers Grove, Illinois, USA. Simon Dawkins. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Brad <laughs> uh, Guzan. No, no, no. Okay, there we go. I thought we got we got past the first one. Good, because I thought somehow this would be guessed. He did come um, from Chicago Fire, didn't he? So, I mean, yeah, it's not a bad guess. Yeah, that's not bad. Um, let's go a little bit more obscure and then we'll get into it. Uh, a little more obvious stuff. Um, I began my youth career from 2003 to 2005 at IMG Academy and then had a college career in 2006 for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Mikhail Bradley. <laughs> no. <laughs> Simon? Um, Eric Lehi. Oh shit! <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Get in! Oh, oh no way! Yeah. Do you know what? Uh, do you know why I didn't think that was Eric Dichai? Was that? Because 2006. For some reason, in my head, I'm thinking that's too early for 
Eric Lee Kite to be in college. No, so he was at the uh, so it look well. This is what it says: college career, two thousand six, North Carolina Tar Heels um, for college uh, football slash soccer, whatever they want to call it. Um, then it says the same year he played for the Chicago Fire Premier, made four appearances. Uh, then from 07 to 13, he was with Villa, only making 32 appearances with one goal. In between that time, he had loans at Lincoln City, Leighton Orient, and Leeds. Um, then moved on to Forest, then on to Hull City. And now he's at, I'm going to butcher this, but anyways, Faith Karagumaruk. Yeah, sure. All right. Can I'll I have a that. look at his Wikipedia so I can pronounce that, please? I'm yes. not going to I'm not gonna allow you, Cole, to, to just... Butcher, whatever that was. Okay. Like, give me a second. Kara Gumruk. There we go. Kara Gumruk. <laughs> I don't know. Well, this is what happens. Yeah, that's all right. Yeah. Fatih Kara Gumruk. Thank you. There you go. So, yeah, there we go. So I, uh, I can take that. In Turkey. Turkey? Okay. Well, this is the issue when you have a Canadian try to pronounce things, to be honest. You get twangy <laughs> stuff and it just doesn't end up well. Um, let's go on to... Uh, Good player, by the way. Yeah. Can, we, can we just have a moment to appreciate that Eric Dikai was actually a pretty good player? Well, oh, I liked him. Fell into a really bad time, right? So, like, fell at Villa almost. Yeah, oh, yeah. It was like that was was it McLeish era when he sort of got into our team. McLeish sure had him. Was. Lambert had yeah. him for a bit, surely. Yeah, I thought he was all right. Yeah, but he was written off by Lambert pretty quickly too. I think, if I remember correctly, because <laughs> a, a, a lot of players were, weren't they? <laughs> yeah. Was there something with Jack Grealish that Including came out? John Dumacoon. <laughs> But wasn't there something about Jack Grealish that he, Grealish came out and said he didn't like he had issues with him? Or, or he's never him. played him. He's never played him. I don't know. I mm. thought there was that was the reason why he went to Knotts County or something on loan or something. Lambert did not like creative players. I don't think <laughs> Lambert likes people. To pass it around the back. <laughs> That's that is spot on. He did. You cannot accuse Paul Lambert of filling that bit of team with creativity. Yeah. Well, I mean, he's creativity just gonna... breeds defeat. So. He's just going to say he discovered Benteke or something. That's probably his claim to fame. Let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, let's. Uh, we'll, well, you know what? I'll give the harder one, and then if somehow you guys get this one, um, I'll give you option C as kind of a fill-in because the first one went way too quickly. It's always tricky with Americans because there's been a few, but you can kind of mm. narrow it down pretty quickly. Mm. Uh, but anyways, we'll go for the next one. Um, I was born on June tw- or, wow June twenty eighth, nineteen eighty five. So he's thirty five. Um, in Salford, England. Oh, okay. Hmm. Manchester-based player. Well, somebody who's grown up in Salford, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't know immediately. Yeah, no, not, no one strings to mind. 35. Oh, hang can, on. We can skip to the next round if you want. Is it Micah Richards? No, it's not. Okay. Do you know he apparently uh, he's an Arsenal fan? Yeah, I, I listened to the match of the day top ten podcast. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's, that's yeah. the episode. Yeah, yeah, interesting. He, well, he, he couldn't decide between Arsenal <laughs> and Man City at this point, right? Because like, he, he's ambassador for Man City. So yeah, probably. yeah, yeah. Um, we'll just skip I'll, to the next round. I'll, I'll, I'll have a, okay. I'll have a guess. Although I, I don't, I think he might be older. Uh, Kieran Richardson. No, but good guess to be fair. Um, they have played for the same club at one point. Um, let's see here. Maybe I just gave that away. Hopefully I didn't. But anyways, um, <laughs> my youth career began in 1993 for Charlestown Lads Club. Um, I then had a 10-year youth career at Manchester United. From 93 to 2003, I should specify. Oh, interesting. 
It doesn't really help at all because <laughs> a, a lot of players come from Man United's youth academy and just kind of get dispersed all over the place, especially during that time period. It's not um, Felipe Bardsley, is it? Uh, what is this game? <laughs> That's a great Phil show. Bartley. Yeah, it is. Oh, fuck. Yeah, it is. That's oh mad. <laughs> that's fantastic. Because the next thing I was gonna say, I played for the senior team for uh, Man United from 03 to 08, having loans. At, this is a wild list of loans: Royal Antwerp, Burnley, Rangers, Villa, Sheffield United. Then, he, of course, he went to Sunderland for six years, Stoke, and now he's at Burnley still. Oh, crazy! Yeah, he, he did all right. You know, I mean, he's he's had a good career for himself to, you know, stick it out at Burnley because. You know, this happens a lot, isn't it? Where like a player kind of comes through a team like United, they think, okay, they're not really good enough. They move them on, send them out on loan to a Premier League club. And then it's very easy to just kind of end up, especially the clubs he's been at. He's been at, yeah. he's been, you know, he's, he's at a poor Sunderland side as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of players have resurrected their careers at Burnley, to be fair, actually. I'm kind of sad you got that, Danny, because I, uh, I my last thing, if somehow you didn't get any of the questions, was going to be I abs- accidentally knocked out Wayne Rooney. But uh, <laughs> 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 I think everyone would know that one by then. But uh, anyways, guys, should we wrap it up there? Or should we do the last one? What do you guys figure? Reload it, reload it, reload yeah. it. Reload it? Okay. I, I feel like I picked just the worst people. But anyways, whatever. <laughs> I, I try to make it hard, but I also don't want to make it too difficult because... Then we could be here forever. Uh, I feel like this one might be probably easier than the last, but nonetheless, I was born on the 14th of December, 1982 in uh, Wandsworth, England. Marlon Harewood. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, I can't even think of anyone. Do you want to skip? Yeah, go on. Yeah, okay. Um, this is really weird. It's kind of like an incomplete Wikipedia page. Uh, my youth career began in some year, doesn't even specify it for uh, Chipstead. Um, I then moved on to uh, Arsenal's Youth Academy from 97 to 2001. Hmm. Ex Arsenal youth player. Chipstead sounds like the kind of place that, you know, when somebody's like right in a book and it's set in like. Some <laughs> but they don't want to say the name of real place. Yeah, so they make one up. Like, no uh, offense to anybody from from you know. The <laughs> well, we just lost two listeners. All our two Town listeners. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you know, let me yeah. let me just be honest for for a minute. Let's just let, go. Let, let's let Simon ha- go through his list of academy products that he knows of off the top of his head. So, I'll have a, I'll have a stab. Stuart Taylor. No, but you know what? It's a good guess. It's good to hear his name, to be honest. And I'll be honest, actually, <laughs> I was going to pick him. So um, that, that definitely could have been. Um, so, of course, uh, I then moved on to have a senior career with Arsenal. Never made an appearance from 01 to 03. Um, I then had loan spells in between that time at Brentford, uh, Beveren, and Brighton and Hove Albion. Is it Michael Standing? No, I don't even know who that is. <laughs> he was the he was the guy that we bought with um with, with, Barry. with Barry, wasn't he? Simon? Yeah, yeah, he was. He's now his yeah. agent, isn't he? He is. Yeah, I think it standing that worked out well that, for that, both. He was standing was the one that Vinna actually wanted. I think that or uh, 
Oh, no, no, I think, no, sorry. Barry, they wanted Barry, but they had to take standing as part of what? the deal as well. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea how, how that happened. This is his I, best I'm friend. Sure Please that. take him. Yeah. <laughs> I've heard it the other way around. I, I, I've been told. I don't know. I realise standing isn't even the dude that we're talking about over here, but, you know, <laughs> we're on this topic now. Uh, I heard it the other way around. I heard it that standing was the one that Villa really wanted, but they got Barry as well. I feel like I've I don't heard know. that you, too. I wasn't ah, around. I don't know. Although, having had that little chat, I think I might know who this guy is. Mm. Is it Steve Sidwell? Oh, it is Steve Sidwell. Very well done. That is nice. that is very good. Um, the last few hints would have been I moved on to Reading from 03 to 07. Then I feel like this would have gave it away. That would have uh, given it away. Yeah. Chelsea from 07 to 08. Then I moved on to Villa from 08 to 2011. Um, and then the last few stops of my career included Fulham, Stoke City, uh, alone at Brighton, and then moved permanently to Brighton as well. Um, he's made 425 senior appearances, to be fair to him. Um, Sidwell, yeah. like every other attacking midfielder that Martin O'Neill signed, got turned to a defensive midfielder. Yeah. It didn't work. I'm surprised it- that he managed to go his entire Villa career without playing right back. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a shame, actually, that it didn't work out. Because even when he left us af- afterwards, he sort of started playing well again. It just, just didn't work at Villa, but... It's, which is annoying because he was a good player. Yeah, the, the funny thing, if you ever listen to him in interviews when he talks about his career, every single time, and I've seen three interviews, and they're all different, of course, he always references, oh, well, I should have made it into the Arsenal team. Oh, the Arsenal team. It's like, Steve, it, it's it's over. <laughs> it's a long time ago. <laughs> like 2003, It's uh, you had yeah. hair then. It's, I do yeah. feel bad for him. Like, I mean, that Chelsea, you know, signing for Chelsea should have been a big moment for him. Yeah. He didn't get the opportunities, really. You know, that would have been the time for him to kick on. But never he, he was him. never going to in that Chelsea team, though. He, that was the wrong move for him, I think. It's kind of like a Ross Barkley move, to be honest. Danny Drinkwater, more accurately, almost. As well. Yeah. Yeah. True. Uh, these, these crazy midfielders chasing the dollar. Actually, to be honest, if you think about it, though, I, I closed the page, but uh, that, that's another example of a Chelsea player coming to Villa. <laughs> we have a long history of doing this. <laughs> have any of them actually ever worked? Tammy, no. Tammy did, to be fair. Was well, I think why yeah, but he got us up, so it worked. Uh, we got Andy Townsend, I think, from Chelsea back in back in the nineties as well, and he, he did all right for us. Yeah, that's actually, actually, that classic he did, Chelsea. He did very well for us. Yeah, that was Chelsea before the dollar. It was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when they got bought for what one pound was it? Something stupid like that, yeah. Stupid like that. But anyways, guys, do we have any more uh, important topics to discuss or should we wrap it up there? I don't think anything that we've spoken about in the last half an hour has been important. I don't, yeah, I don't <laughs> think anything for this existence of this podcast has ever been important, to be honest. That's a, that's a great piece of advertisement. But anyways, we'll wrap it up there, guys. Um, I should mention, of course, if you want to leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, uh, feel free to do so. It's always appreciated. It just makes it easier for other people to find us. If you can uh, rate us on Spotify, wherever you get your pods as well, if they have a rating system there, I'm not too sure, but that's appreciated as well. So thank you very much to Danny 
and to Simon for joining me. If you want to find Danny on Twitter, it's at Razajourno. If you want to find Simon on Twitter, it's at Sio Regan. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's at Talk Aston Villa. You can tweet the team at 7500 Holt. You can email the podcast, Holtcast at gmail.com. We will be back with you uh, soon for the next game, of course. And I'm drawing a blank. Who do we play again? <laughs> Lads, I completely forget. <laughs> Isn't it Everton? Oh, maybe it is Everton. Sure. Okay. Well, we'll see you for Everton. Um, I apologize for my lackadaisicalness this episode. I'm still in a food coma, so please forgive me. But anyways, guys, we'll leave it there. And don't forget, up the villa. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.